You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys. We have a fairly easy three-game stretch ahead of us. Uh, how important is it for them to use the next month to, quote, get back on track, if you will? We've got the 49ers followed by a bye, followed by the Titans, followed by the Jags before going to LA and let's be honest after Monday night football, that didn't look scary. So go ahead. I'm going to be full. I'm going to be full disappointed dad. If they do not win all (laughs) three of these games, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's not that you can't lose this and your whole season's over. If you lose one of these three games, but damn it, you're better than all three of them. The 49ers have no one left on their roster. They're all hurt. All of them. Nick, this is where you can put the photos up if you want. For It's Bosa and Ward. They're all injured. They don't have anybody left. They're playing a backup quarterback. Trey Lance, and I know that it's different than a normal backup. This isn't even the guy they wanted to start the year with. They got no one left. Their offensive line's hurt. Trent Williams barely played. Their whole team's banged up. So you beat them. Then you get Andy Reid off a bye against a really boring, unfun, not particularly good Titans team off of their more important game. The Titans have a way more important game than the game against the Chiefs. They have to beat the Colts this week to be in first place in their division. That game is way more important. Emotionally, preparedness-wise, they should be more invested in that game than the one in Kansas City, in Kansas City, two weeks from now off a bye. And then the Jags team, who have fallen way back, crash back to earth in a hurry. This is their easiest three-game stretch of the entire year. It would be disappointing if they don't go 3-0, and which is not something you almost ever say about any NFL team ever. Because asking them to go 3-0 and and say you'd be disappointed with anything below that's kind of a stretch. But it's not in this case because you're starting to get some players back. Some of these teams are a lot worse than you and you should win all three games. Yeah, I mean, and you, you have a bye in there as well. So I guess we can just chalk up the game after the bye, which would be a home game against the Titans as an automatic win. The Chiefs will be favored in all of these. I think they're three and a half favorites versus the Niners. But like, are you expecting any blowouts based on the way we've seen the Chiefs play this year? They just... I'm we, just talking wins. Blowouts, yeah. maybe not, but wins. Just yeah, Ws. Cody, you say that now. I'm going to bookmark this. Or <laughs> because if they have like a one-point win against the Niners or a one-point win against the Titans or a two-point win against the Jags, I can see us being a little bit concerned about... If it's all three of those in a row, then yeah. <laughs> that would be... You just, you're demanding one blowout. Of the yeah, next. one. And, and probably the Jags. Let's face it. That's that's the team. They stink. Um, I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to give up on uh, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Lawrence. But, <laughs> you know, it's it's weird because I do expect there to be some nail biters. The, the Chiefs so far have told you that they're not really going to kill anyone. I guess the Cardinals week one was really the only one that you would. The, the the box, box, they got yeah. pretty big on the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. So we, we can we can go two for six, which is actually a, a fairly good rate. 
But I just kind of expect this team to make it look a little ugly, not because they're bad, because really think about it. The Chiefs are kind of changing every single week, week to week in terms of availability, who they have out there, who's getting the lion's share of minutes at cornerback, at linebacker, at defensive end, on the offensive line, at running back, wide receiver usage. Like nothing has really remained relatively stable. I know it feels like I'm giving them an excuse, but that's kind of why I don't know what to expect right now from this team, because that's going to continue to be the case is they work in you know, guys who have been out because of suspensions or injuries. Following up on that, I thought the same thing on Sunday. Can we just get a game where we have some breathing room and don't have to just be like on the edge of our seats the entire time Unfortunately, or in the fetal position on the floor? Yeah. Unfortunately, the NFL doesn't, it's not really good at that. Um, the NFL is not really good at just being like, Hey, just have a nice, cool, chill game. Because like even the Eagles on Sunday night football, they're so much better than the Cowboys. And even they let it get to a single score. They're like, oh God, I guess we got to go down and score a touchdown now. Well, there was that stat last night. Well, I guess depending on when you're listening to this on Monday night football, they showed the stat through week six. There have been 73 games that are within eight points or less in the fourth quarter. There have been 56 games decided by eight points or less. Both of those are the most through six weeks in NFL history. So, you know, blowouts make everything feel nice. And we always say like a win's a win, but we don't talk about it like that. We don't no. talk about wins being wins afterwards. We're like, man, they really <laughs> have to out. But it is nice to remind yourself that every team is this. It's kind of like last year. Last when people were criticizing the Chiefs and when they were saying, well, they're winning games, but they're not winning by a lot. Like, would you rather them lose? Because that's what other teams are doing. The Chiefs finished 12 and 5 last year, but they just had a lot of close wins. And it only got them to their fourth consecutive AFC title game. <laughs> a game in which they should have won, but unfortunately lost that close one because once again, games are normally close. Like, I mean, you know, like that's just like they're all 50-50 shots. A lot of it comes down to that final eight minutes and what happens in that window. And the Chiefs are better than most teams at winning those games. But you can't win all of them. I just feel like against these three teams, you can. Against these three teams, you can be like, all right, it's down to the wire. Who wins? You. You're supposed to win. You already lost your dumb game against a bad team against the Colts. How about maybe not doing it against these three teams? Is our expectation just a little skewed from what we've seen the past few seasons from this team? No, we, ex just we expect to win by a larger margin. I mean, maybe, but I mean, again, last year they were an AFC title game team and it was close. And honestly, the Chiefs deserve heightened expectations. If it's like, oh, man, I wish they'd blow some bad teams out. That's not unfair. They're, they've been the best team in the NFL for a four-year stretch. Like, on aggregate, they're the best team. So I got to judge you on a different criteria. The Bears go out and win some 9-6 game. Good for you. I'm glad you won <laughs> your game. You did it you know, Snoopy cheer. doesn't matter, whatever, right? The same thing that applies to even the Chargers, the way they're playing right now. They're hurt. They're missing two of their most important players. It's an ugly game against the Broncos. A win's a win's a win for them on that Monday night game. The Chiefs sometimes should look dominant because they're better, because they have Reed, because they have Mahomes. They just got so many young players, we don't want to do it all the time, and my expectation for it's a little less. What's a Snoopy cheer? That's like this one. Yeah. You know what? You get, like silence. <laughs> Jazz hands? No, it's like you know. It's like 
Uh, it's like an elementary school thing to keep, keep kids from clapping. Leave it to the guy with kids to know what that is. Right. <laughs> I, thought you were doing like, I thought you were doing like jazz. It, was a jazz, it was a closed fist. It's great for our listening audience. Well, in fairness, you know, we release clips sometimes. So if somebody demands this, Nick, please cut it out so that they can mark it down. Great. All right, guys, last but not least today, the Chiefs sack numbers have been lackluster lately. They had 10 sacks in the first three games and just four sacks through the last four games. Question for you. What do the Chiefs need to do to improve their pass rush? Uh, Okay, so am I eliminating trade? Because that would help. Um, <laughs> yes. If if for the point of this conversation, I'm not pretending that they go get Burns from Carolina or um, Cleveland Farrell, which is or Robert Quinn or whoever you dream of them getting. There is only one answer. It is George Karloftis starts sacking the quarterback like now um, because Frank Clark has firmly settled right back into being Frank Clark. I don't think it's fair to ask Chris Jones to do anymore. They're already getting a lot out of the secondary. And I don't know if we think Dan is somebody he's not. It's very simple. George Karloftis has a half sack through six games. He has to get more. He doesn't have to finish the season with 10. Hell, he doesn't even have to finish the season with eight. But getting four sacks over the remaining 11 games would significantly increase their sack percentage because they have been slowly sliding down into the doldrums. They're only averaging 2.3 sacks per game now, which is 14th in the league. They are only averaging 1.3 sacks per game over their last three games, which means they're getting even worse than that. So they were getting to the quarterback, and now they're not. And the very simple solution is George Karloff just gets to the quarterback more. Part of me wants to argue with you. I want to argue with you because... You know... <laughs> well, George Karloftis is a rookie. Yeah. He was drafted 30th overall. And my gut tells me, hey, how much do you want to put on this guy's plate? More than a half sack. But guys <laughs> at his position typically don't produce right away. That is not a position where guys make an immediate transition to the NFL unless you were. Unless you're one of those guys that got drafted in the top 10. And the reason why you probably got drafted in the, in the top 10 as an edge rusher is because physically you're a little bit freakier than the guys who are drafted 30th overall or in the second round. Karloftis was drafted 30th. He's on a team playing behind, you know, seasoned veterans in this league. But with that being said, he's playing more on the defensive line than anybody not named Chris Jones. Seriously, there are seven guys, eight, excuse me, eight guys on the roster who are playing a higher percentage of defensive snaps than Karloftis. So I do believe in the idea that if you're on the field, you kind of got to produce yeah. or put somebody else in because Frank Clark and Carlos Dunlap are playing statistically less than Karloftis, but they're producing and, more. I get it. They're, they're veterans. He's a rookie, but at some point, the production has to meet the playing time. And truthfully, Nick, it doesn't take much more to be productive. Again, none of our expectations, or at least mine, were never out of control. Kayvon Thibodeau, right? One of those freaky guys you're talking about. He only has one sack. Aiden Hutchinson has three. He got all three of those in the first game and hasn't gotten a single one since. All the other guys we would have mentioned around the Chiefs. Abikide, one. Trayvon Walker, one. Right, It's not like those guys are way above what Karloftis is doing. He doesn't look overmatched. I'm just saying get the quarterback 
more. Not asking you to do more in the field, just hit him, like bring him down more, like a couple of times. Because those couple of sacks, the difference between being a 35-sack team and 45-sack team is the difference between being a bottom five-sack team and being and staying middle of the road. And he is the easiest path to maintain that, like to get to where they can just stay middle of the pack moving forward. Again, a lot of other guys aren't producing huge, big numbers. The leader in the rookie clubhouse right now has three, and he had that again in week one. So it's not like they're just blowing him out of the water, but because he's had close to getting one or two more, he just has to complete those sacks moving forward. Nick, does this have anything to do with you not wearing your Georgie Porgy shirt enough? Mm. Well, yeah, it probably, you know, it's, I've only worn it once and it was very cheaply made. So I'm afraid <laughs> I continue to wear it and wash it that it will become tarnished. But that's kind of like, you know, somebody who has like an old antique Ty Cobb or Babe Ruth jerseys. You don't want to wash it too much because um, that could sacrifice the integrity of the product. So I only pull it out for for rare occasions, but if you told me I could guarantee at least half a sack, because if George Karloftis gets half a sack next week, he will technically have done, he will have completed Cody's request. So then I, if you told me that it, it can guarantee a half a sack this weekend against uh, San Francisco, then I'll do it. Great. I can't wait to do that, by the way. Let's try it out and see. If it's half a sack. I'm coming back here and telling Cody that he can't criticize him anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's just over. Yeah. I'd like to encourage him, not criticize him. I think he's played well. I just don't think he's sacked the quarterback. But to your point, though, Cody, all those guys you listed, like Trayvon Walker's the number one overall pick. He has one sack. Arnold, mm -hmm. Arnold Ebikiti, another guy the Chiefs were like link, linked to, has one sack. Yeah. So it's not as though he is underperforming compared to other rookies at his position. He's just kind of doing what rookie pass rushers do. Which is not get to the quarterback unless they're Micah Parsons. Like it's yeah. a rare one that gets to the quarterback 10 times as a rookie. They are few and very far between. So to actually to answer your question, Kayla, there is no answer. There is no way for the Chiefs. We're screwed. <laughs> over. Bye. Okay. Good episode. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I guess we'll just end there. Um, that is Nick Schwartz. He is Cody Tap. I am Kayla Canaram. As always, thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back with you guys on Friday.